tech companies are beginning to incorporate meditation into their work life, hoping this will help by focusing through silence and recognizing true potential. Before we disregard this as being a new fad, perhaps we need to be reminded that silence, prayer, and communion are precursors to better understanding God. God is in His holy temple, and perhaps we need to stand still and sometimes recognize that, actually all the time recognize that. But we also need to be aware that Satan takes what is holy and biblical and creates very deceptive alternatives. So who are you following? And does that worship lead you to God? Or does the noise that, of that worship lead you closer to the personality that's leading your group? God is in His holy temple. Be strong, be silent, but be active, and know that He's also where you are, waiting for you to recognize His voice amidst the cacophony of our sinful lives and sometimes distorted worship. Offering information for your mind. Enabling transformation for your heart. Sabbath School U. A weekly dialogue exploring God's Word and its application for today's world. I'm Falvo Fowler and welcome to this last study on the sanctuary. This is Sabbath School University if you didn't know what you were watching, but yes it is. We've got our hosts that have carried us through this um, series. Yes, let's go with series. And I'd like for them to introduce themselves and say something. That would be oh, you. Okay. <laughs> well, my name is Allery Colley. <laughs> I was thinking starting from that end. My name is Allery Colley. I am from the Bahamas, and I am a seminary student here at Andrews University. Okay. My name is Brendan Albury, and I believe that God is good all the time, <laughs> and all the time, God is good. Mm, preacher. Okay. I'm Andrew Campbell, and uh, <laughs> it's looking for me like this will be my last show. And because mm. of that, you're going to be praying and reading scripture too. Sure, absolutely. Let's read the key text. It's Hebrews chapter 10 verses 21 and 22. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for the way that you have blessed our study throughout this series in the sanctuary. We ask that you'll bless our study again right now. Um, as we go into Scripture, as we discuss with one another, we ask that you will send your Holy Spirit to give us wisdom and understanding and to lead us into the truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I gotta say, I appreciate you hosting all these shows for all these years and all these different studies. So thank you, and thank you for reading scripture and praying. And I really enjoyed it. It's been a lot of fun. And you know what? I don't understand. To me, I don't understand why we ask you to. I mean, we ask you to introduce yourselves after you guys have been the hosts. But everybody knows Andrew, and I just, like I said, I want to thank you. So I appreciate it. All right. So last study on scripture. What does having access to the heavenly sanctuary mean to you? We're gonna start with the hard stuff, huh? Wow. <laughs> For me, it's a message of hope. Very simple. A message of hope. How? Because it reminds me that I'm not going through the struggles of life alone. I have someone who is interceding for me. He wants to see me saved. He's working out my salvation. And I have a friend. 
for me, mm-hmm. when, when I study scripture, um, I recognize that as human beings, as humanity, we are in a grand problem. Because um, the Bible tells us that sin has separated us from God. And that, to the average person, may, may not sound like a big deal at all. So what? We're separated from God. Yeah, that's the question. Is what value does that have to the yeah. average person? I mean, you were talking about hope and, and finding that. What value does that have? Mm-hmm. Well, when you, when you recognize that in God is life, and outside of God, I mean, we talked about in, in the first lesson how God is, you know, the sustainer. And, and God is the one who sustains every living thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so to be separated from God means that we have to die and not just this is eternal death and so this is the grand problem that all of us as human beings face death and, and is, there's no way around it um, and what happens is that in order for us to get life again we have to be reconnected with God but there's mm-hmm. still this problem of sin and sin is what is separating us from God mm-hmm. And so sin necessarily means that we will all die. Um, and, and, and so what God has done is He has created a way for us to get reconnected to Him. Mm-hmm. And He's been teaching us throughout the Old Testament to look forward to Jesus and that Jesus would be that lamb that has been represented so many times before in the past he would be the land that would die for all and through the the earthly sanctuary he teaches us a lesson now of actually how this process works because you know just saying that Jesus came and died that doesn't necessarily mean anything to you if you don't understand what his death means. Well, what part mm-hmm. it plays in the overall, exactly. the overall story mm-hmm. of the universe. Exactly. I mean, I think one of the shows, I'm not sure which one of you hosted, but you were talking about how this isn't just about us. Yeah. It's about the character of God. Yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. You know, and we can't, we love to think it's all about us. Yeah. But this whole thing from, from Eden all the way to the second coming and beyond, is about the character of God that was, was questioned by Lucifer. Mm-hmm. And so you have these different mm-hmm periods of history, the different periods, the different choices we make, and Christ's part in it yeah. as part of uh, validating and, and defending the character of God to all of creation, yeah. not just us. Yeah. Well, you know, when I think about uh, having access to the heavenly sanctuary, follow, I have to say that it simply means that, and bringing it back to God, making it specifically about Him, He is the only one that can judge me. Like. Mm-hmm. This simply put, there's, I, some, there's, there's some people in the pews <laughs> that will want to defer. Mm. Mm. Okay. <laughs> well, well, and that's why I have to make it clear that I don't need another mediator besides Christ. Exactly. And having access to the heavenly sanctuary because of Jesus Christ means that if I have a personal relationship with Him, I allow Him to come into my heart. That's all that I need. And once I allow Him to come into my heart and I become a living sacrifice, Okay, an offering unto him. We've spoken about offerings and sacrifices Mm -hmm. and the differentiations between Mm -hmm. offerings and the different types of offerings. And when I think about an offering, I want to 
be a pleasing aroma to God. That when I give my life back to him, at the end of the day, he's going to be pleased with what I've done with the life that he's giving me. So not bringing it back to me, but all I have to do is consider this. God and only God can judge me. So I don't go to church or I don't believe in the sanctuary in terms of the tabernacle with us and fellowship as we talked in these lesson studies. I don't go there just for the congregation. I go there because God, you know, mm-hmm. that's why we have to be careful of when individuals say, or you hear others say, oh, I don't need to go to the church. I, I, I have God in my life right where he's at because there's a need for fellowship and congregation because heaven is going to be of some sort, I'm sure. Even, I mean, even in Acts, they yeah. all came together in one accord. Yeah, there right. was a purpose, and that was about God. They were trying to, you know, they, they missed Jesus. They wanted to connect with him, and that's why they were able to communicate with everybody because they came together in one accord. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You were going to say something? Well, I mean, just that when you have people that are, that are coming together, um, whether it be in an actual church building or in a small group, the, the love of God and the, the salvation that He brings to, to us when, when we accept Him as our Savior is an incredible factor. It, it, it transforms you. It changes you so that you, you're not just focused on self anymore. And so it's not about, oh, I, I don't want to you know, go to church or I don't want to, to do this. It's not about me anymore. Because, like you said, you recognize that there's a bigger picture. It's about God. And you also recognize that there are many people who need to know what you know, now know. The extreme, mm-hmm. Like when we have this discussion, you guys yeah. say something that sparks. And I'm going, wow, I never thought about it this exactly. way. Like he, Brandon just mentioned the, the, the pleasing aroma to God. I never mm-hmm. thought about that till, till now. Mm-hmm. You know, I've read the words over and over again. There's a difference between a barbecue and a sacrifice. I mean, they had barbecues back then. They were not all vegans. They had barbecues back then, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Except that when you went to, for a sacrifice, the priest had these incense that he would make part of it. Exactly. So that mm. sacrifice smelled differently. It was a pleasing yeah. smell. It wasn't just mm. burning meat. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people weren't craving for lunch when they went to the temple. They were honestly... Yeah. yeah. So things like that, you don't get it until you sit down and you start exactly. talking. It may not happen the first study. It may happen, yeah. you know, years later when you're sitting in a group like this and something goes, oh, that's what that yeah. meant. You know, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. You're talking about an aroma. You're I'm thinking into, of lunch now. Well, I'm, I'm being real. I'm thinking about a barbecue. And there are many times that I've been to a barbecue and I've, I smell the food, but I've, I've never tasted anything off the grill. Or I was the one <laughs> grilling the food course, for those watching, maybe vegetarian. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So veggie meat. Uh, uh, veggie meat. I mean, it's a barbecue. It's food. It's an <laughs> yes. incense. It's, it's an aroma. And you have relatives, yes. But it's amazing when you're eating this, uh, the, the, when you're cooking the food, you're preparing the food, doesn't mean that you're actually partaking and consuming of the mm-hmm. food. I mean, like when we think about an aroma, just because God smells it doesn't mean he's consuming it. He wants to know that you're willing to prepare it for him anyway, that you're willing mm-hmm. to go out of your way, out of your time, and give back to him what is his. Mm-hmm. And there is the offering. That's Sorry. Sorry. No, all of this um, thinking about aroma and smoke or barbecues, it's reminding me of Revelation chapter 8, verse 4. Mm-hmm. Um, and it says, And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints ascended before God from the angel's hand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it fits in 
that sanctuary language and it's talking about the the prayers mm -hmm. of the saints or the offerings of the saints going up before God mm -hmm. so that's just I think it's very important for us to remember these descriptions in the cultural context of that day mm -hmm. if not it, it takes all these years for me to understand what I've been taught all, all my growing up years yeah is if you don't understand it I mean mm -hmm. the moment you I said it's pleasing aroma I remember seeing ceremonies where they use this in they sacrifice and I'm like mm -hmm. that's what Why? I mm -hmm. was thinking all and this is again comes back to the idea of coming together and discussing yeah. things now we were talking about the idea of being preparing yourself for worship now in Hebrews 10 20 it says it lays down conditions for approaching God in heaven how does that relate to our worship now every week where you know people go it makes no difference how I dress <laughs> it makes a difference how I look God accepts accepts me however I am so I'm just going to be the me I'm, I am as soon as I get out of bed. I'm over-exaggerating, but you get Well, you know, the truth is that God does accept us exactly where we are. Um, but you know, there's, there's a phrase that says, God doesn't save us in our sin. He saves us from our sin. Mm -hmm. oh. and, and so um, God will take you and accept you and love you wherever you are. It does not matter mm -hmm. where you are. You don't have to attain to a certain level of of goodness or, or, or perfection before God will accept you. Yeah. He takes you where you are and then He begins to do work in your life. That's right. And, and so um, you see an element of this here, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Um, it's, it's a matter of the, the heart. You were talking about contrition. Um, you know, That's from Hebrews 10.22. Right. Yeah, yeah well, that's, 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 that's Hebrews ten twenty two, and um, the the element <laughs> of recognizing our need for a savior is is essentially what that is talking about right there, um, and you can really only appreciate salvation when you recognize that I am a sinner. Um, Cause and effect. Yeah. I believe in the cause and effect because drawing near to God only entails Him drawing closer to you, like James 4 says. You know, mm -hmm. draw closer to God, He draws closer to you. Flee away from the devil. See, you have to do two things. Draw closer to God and flee away from Satan. I'm giving no credit to Him, but in order to draw closer to God, you have to go to two different points from one area in your life to another area in life. And that's where contrition comes in. You need to make Which a, was from the first discussion yeah, we had. Exactly. Now, we were talking about, we were talking about um, drawing near to God. I like what you said. I mean, I really appreciate what you said right now. The, uh, the, the drawing away from, was it drawing away? Flee, from, flee. Flee away from the devil, yeah. drawing to, to God. Yes. Because if you don't draw to God, you're still with the devil. No, God's right next to you. Exactly. I really like just like whatever people said is if you go to a movie theater and the angel stands out. That I don't believe that. Yeah. You know, God's always where you are. It's mm. you draw when you move away from the things that you are doing wrong. Yeah. That you move away from the devil. Or uh, a saying that says, "Good intentions is a road to perdition." We always mean well, <laughs> but we don't want to do Un well unless you do it. And, you you're know, not doing well. So we yeah. we yeah. have to put it to action. But um. Can we also think that, thinking about a non-Christian, how do I draw close to God? If I'm not even, maybe even aware of who He is, hmm. how can I draw close to God? Hmm. It's a practical I, thing, I've, I've struggled with that as well. In my, what does that mean? In my life, well, I'm, not, I'm the host, you guys answer it. Yeah, no, go ahead. <laughs> I, 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 no, I want to hear what you have to yeah. say. Just because you need more time to think. No, I will do this. <laughs> um, in my life, I think it's hard for someone who is not a Christian 
to understand what it means to draw close to God or finding the joy in. Because if I don't, if I don't live by example, if I don't show, I'm having the time of my life with God. There's no way that that person is ever going to wonder or want to take part in that. You know, it's you can't talk to somebody about marriage if you've got a miserable married life. Because mm-hmm. it's like, no, please come give me company in my misery, you know. <laughs> but you want people to know the joy of that relationship, not yeah. m- not my marriage, but you know, their own. I'm talking, you know, you mm-hmm. the same thing with God is you want people to be part of God. You want them to understand it. But if you go through life pointing your fingers and telling other people how wrong they are, mm-hmm. uh, how their lifestyle's wrong, and how that person's wrong, and yes. this is wrong, and I can tell you from the scripture that this is this and this and this. Yes. They don't want to be part of a judgmental group. Yeah. They want to be a part of a group that's getting ready for the second coming, that's getting ready for this homecoming. You ever have a reunion in high school and you see people getting all excited? You want to be a part of that reunion. Yes. And if you don't mm-hmm. demonstrate that in the way you treat other people, saying, hey, we've got an extra invitation. I've got one. I really want you guys to see this. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and not, I, I'm going to force you, but because I'm enjoying it so much, I don't even have to invite you. You're going to come back and say, do you have an extra ticket? I think mm-hmm. that's why it's so in, in, in important for us to remember uh, sanctuary really means a personal relationship with God. Mm-hmm. It all boils down to having a personal relationship with Jesus. And God is not going to hold us accountable to what we don't know, but what we do know. Woe to those that know so much and are not holding themselves to that standard. Mm. But there are so many individuals uh, that I've met in my lifetime, short lifetime, I'm young, I'm young. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, we believe you. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they cannot quote scripture, but their virtues are so strong. There's an mm. innate mm-hmm characteristic that was imbued by the Holy Spirit, I believe, inside of them that God is still watching their virtues, the way they treat people. Because I could read a scripture, turn the other cheek, but but then when it's time to do it, you know, I'm not putting it to action. The people that crucified Christ, Christ were the ones that could understand stand, everything. Read, read yeah. the talk. They knew, the, they knew exactly <laughs> what the Messiah was. They could say it backwards That's yeah. in Hebrew That's or right. Aramaic, whatever language. Yeah. But they still missed out on who he was. So yeah. you had the Roman, you had the Samaritan, you had all these other people yeah. that found Christ. And they rejoiced and they brought people in yeah. because of that rejoicing. So it's an internal thing that eventually shows up externally, is what you're saying. And that's, that's the same thing. You know, it's, you were talking, but we're talking about getting ready for church. I mean, getting ready for the worship service. Um, I looked at my wardrobe before coming for this shoot, and I looked at the clothes. I'm like, when did I start buying clothes that look like this? I remember the clothes I bought when I was, you know, when I was single, and I realized that's it. I got married, mm. and I started buying clothes that my wife liked. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily because I like I like them now. Yeah. I have to say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like them. I like them now because I can't wear the clothes from back then. Because I wear them like, mm-hmm. yeah. I like them now because I love my wife. Mm-hmm. So if I'm going to, it's not whether God accepts me, which I know He does, mm-hmm. but I want to demonstrate to Him that I love Him. So I get ready to go out with my wife. I get ready to do stuff with my wife based on what I know she likes me wearing. Mm-hmm. You know, makes you, sense. That, it definitely makes sense. Yeah. I'm actually, you know, still mm-hmm. thinking about your question that you asked, you know, how can people who don't have, an, or are not interested in the scriptures or don't really care much about God, how can they appreciate the, mm-hmm. the idea of drawing closer to God and, 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 you know, spiritual things? And I'm reminded of uh, Romans 7 verse 9, 
that says, I was alive once without the law, but when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and what happens is that a lot of people um, feel just fine without God. They may, they may have a, maybe an emptiness that they feel, but they don't necessarily uh, attribute that to, you know, there's no God in my life and therefore I feel this way. And that's uh, very similar to what Paul is saying here. Um, a lot of for a lot of people, um, we're so in some sense living in an illusion. Mm -hmm. We think that everything is just fine. Mm. And what God wants to do is to wake you up and recognize your true condition. It's like, um, it's like, you know, I'll, I'll give you actually a, a story that's actually very personal to me. My dad, he was, he was um, in the summer um, in a car accident. Um, and and the car caught on fire, and he he was unconscious in in the car, and um, and long story short, um, I believe it's the, it's the Holy Spirit that woke him up, and j you know his doors jammed shut and he couldn't get out, um, and he climbed out through the window, and just as he climbed out, the car e exploded into into flames, <laughs> and. Um, and for a lot of people, it's a similar kind of scenario. Um, he, he, he says that you know, he was in the car and he just was in a daze. He, he felt very peaceful. He opened his eyes and he, he could see the flames, but it didn't like register to him that, wait, I'm in a car accident, it's burning. And for a lot of people, it, they're, they're living not recognizing the, the true state of, that the Bible teaches that, that we're gonna die and die mm. forever if we don't have a have a solution. And so, first, people need to recognize mm. the, the the problem. And and it's difficult to do because, like I said in, in in the intro, the devil has very deceptive ideas out there. People will not think of meditation because all the deception that's gone. On, I mean, Christians won't think of meditation because all the deceptive practices there. They go, well, that's not part of ours. But in Scripture, it says, "Stand still." Be quiet. Recognize who God is, mm -hmm. and that period of standing still in His Word, in His in His presence, in mm -hmm. prayer, allows you to to move away from the devil and closer mm -hmm. to God. It's a very biblical principle, and mm -hmm. I'm not advocating that you go, you know, do all these other stuff. But I'm saying the principles are there. But the yeah. devil pull, pulls these things. That if you you don't see the smoke, yeah. you don't see the fire, you don't even know that you're in an accident. Yeah. But you've got this piece that's fake, uh -huh. you know, in a way. And, and sorry, and the comfort in what you're saying is that God is pulling on each person's heart, mm -hmm. whether they recognize that it's Him or not. He's pulling on your heart. So once you acknowledge that, even if you make a tiny step, we have the assurance, and this is what Hebrews 10 is saying. You're coming with full assurance. So even if you make a tiny step, you understand that God is moving towards you as well. Yeah, yeah. you know, hope springs eternal from the pulpit, right? <laughs> And to, you know, to, to, but in real life, to, to keep the hope from being a cliche phrase, I love the book of Romans in, in chapter 5, uh -huh. uh, where it says, and talking about what Andrew just said and what you were saying about, you know, being able to stand. We have access by faith in this grace in which we now stand. That's verse 2, and it says, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. That's, you know, mm -hmm. we're talking about springs of hope from the pulpit. But not only so, but we rejoice in the suffering because we know that suffering suffering produces what? Perseverance. And perseverance, character, mm -hmm. and character, hope. 
and hope does not disappoint us. You know, I, I believe that, you know, and, and not getting off uh, the topic, but sanctuary and having a strong relationship with God doesn't allow me to be boisterous and says, okay, I have a better relationship with God than you, mm -hmm. or your personal yeah. experience helped you, but it can't help me, or and, and always pointing the finger at each other. Our spiritual life allows us literally to produce character, and at the end of the day, it allows us to keep focus on the fact that, hey, I have something that I can look forward to, because if I don't have a dwelling place. So if you have that, all of this, does that help hmm. you build spiritual confidence? How do you build spiritual confidence? That's a good I mean, question. Most of us are very timid when it comes mm -hmm. to, you know, I kind of know I don't want to explain. I don't have a clue. How do you build this understanding? You have to, mm -hmm. you have to know that your confidence is, does not come from yourself. Mm -hmm. it, your confidence comes from the God that you serve. Uh, mm -hmm. And it, it has to be that way. The moment that you think you're standing, Take heed because you're about to fall. Mm. Um, mm. And that's important because mm. there's a very thin line between spiritual confidence and spiritual arrogance. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, we see a lot of that spiritual arrogance yes. where people take the Bible and thump it over somebody's head and say, you are wrong. <laughs> oh, I, I, in, uh, in, in different ways. But yes. I believe we all can say, and I'll speak for myself, where there are times that spiritual confidence can rub off a little bit like arrogance. And I believe that's a part of the spiritual journey because we are sinners. But we have to be very careful. We have to be very careful. And honestly and truthfully, I believe that being able to stand is knowing when we are weak. There's a saying, knowing that you're strong is recognizing when you're weak. Mm -hmm. And I am only strong in Christ. I am weak in self. So I need to recognize that I'm weak. I'm, I'm, that, that's know, my character. I think there's also a danger in going on the other side and not having spiritual confidence. Because scripture keeps telling us the Lord is your helper. The Lord is with you. Hebrews 13, verse 6, for example, he says, so we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. The verse before that, God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So the earthly sanctuary is proving, it's representing that God is with his people. Mm -hmm. And knowing that God is with you, you can boldly say, God is with me. I will stand any test that comes my way. I have the confidence in him. And because Christ is your intercessor, you have that that confidence that this is mm -hmm. all going through. There's somebody pleading on, on pleading the case of creation and mm -hmm. saying this is a vindication of who God is mm -hmm. to all of creation. We got a couple of questions that we probably have. I don't know if you do have them, we'll put them up on our Facebook page, but I wanna thank you, we're out of time. Thank you for going through the 13 studies and thank you for putting up with Sabbath School U and adding so much to it. Andrew, I wish you God's blessing as you discover where he leads you next. Enjoy the adventure, it's amazing. Remember that quote from Ellen White, the one that says that we are not infallible? Well, I hope in this study of the sanctuary you were not indoctrinated, but were encouraged to go back to Scripture, get together with others, and rediscover the truth that God has always revealed to those who are willing to discover it. If you'd like to join in the discussion, visit our Facebook page off the link on our website at www.sabbathschoolu.org. That's www.sabbathschool.org. For Sabbath School University, I'm Falvo Fowler, and we'll see you next week when we start a new series.